Hey, welcome to Real Talk with Nina. I'm Nina, and shit is about to get real. Today, I have Karen Freeland on again. She's absolutely one of my favorite guests. We were high school classmates, totally different circles, reconnected just a few years ago when we were talking about her memoir that she is writing all about her vagina. And I am so excited for it to come out this fall 2021. It's called The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir. And I have to tell you, I've read several little snippets and I'm obsessed. She uses humor and candor and, you know, all of my favorite vocabulary words. And she is a former marketing executive that left corporate after 15 years or so to start a life that actually lit her up. And she's doing exactly that. So I'm going to bring her on now. And we're going to get right into it because you just have to wait until you hear these topics. This is like some vulnerable shit, you guys. <laughs> vulnerable shit. Hi. Hi, Karen. I just, I just did this intro. I don't know if you can hear when you're like backstage. Okay. I was saying how, you know, you and I were high school classmates and I always like to kind of reintroduce you every episode if, if people haven't heard the previous episodes that we've been on together, but like the other 15, if if they've been living under a rock and have missed one of those. Okay. Well, that's good. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We've had quite a few episodes and they're all like a plus fucking material. I'm just going (laughs) to put it out there. Like if you want awkward conversations that you can't believe people are having, let alone people with children, then listen to all of our episodes together. But I was saying how we were high school classmates in different circles. And then just a few years ago, we reconnected talking about your memoir when it was just like a a mere thought, really. You had written a couple chapters, but it was like not a real thing. And fast forward, now you're set to launch it in the fall of 2021. You just decided on a cover, which is fucking hilarious. I just love the illustration and the font type. All of it is awesome. Like, how are you feeling about that? Are you like, holy shit, this is really happening? Like, oh my God. It's like a roller coaster, honestly. Like there are days where I am like so pumped. I'm like, this is amazing. Like I'm going to do this. And there's other days where I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing this. People are going to hear about my vagina. (laughs) But you know, it's been, it has been so much fun going through this process too. And I've never done something like this before. I've never written a book. So I'm not like, you know, some well-published author who's like done this a million times. Like this literally is my first rodeo. And so, you know, working with a cover designer was like so scary because it's your baby and this person is going to interpret everything that your book is about and sum it up in one cover image. And we went through a couple iterations and I saw a few designs and I was like really torn. I was like, you know, it's down to like two images that I both loved. And then someone said something to me and they're like, the one just doesn't read comedic. And I was like, that's it. You're right. I was like, I have to go with the cover that has this like pink oval. It basically represents a vagina. And there's like all these swirlies around it that kind of are like pubic hairs. Um, and it's just awesome. So yeah, I'll be sharing it soon. Uh, actually I think it's in my Instagram story right now, but I'll have to repost it for when. Yes, it is. Did you? Uh, that's why I was like, "Holy shit, it's official!" Like I know you and I were texting back and forth, but like you just put yeah. it on Instagram, so it's Instagram official. And speaking of pubic hair, um, I think that was like our second episode together, maybe or our third, maybe the. It was th- one of the early ones. Yeah. So, um, Karen and I both have fucking awesome stories about 
our relationship with our pubic hair. So check it out if you haven't. I think it's episode like three maybe. But uh, we talk about pubic hair and I think that was also the one where I had like a wannabe hoe phase that didn't end well. <laughs> We've talked about your wannabe hoe phase a lot of times. I think you really want to go back and relive that. Sure. I, think, I think there's so much regret right now. I really right. like, you know, here I am in a monogamous marriage, you know, we'll be together like 18 years this summer. I've got two kids. And yeah, I mean, like quite often I will be like, hey, babe, let's just let's just remember that I never had a hoe phase like he did. Yeah, I never had a hoe phase. Like, let's just, you know, maybe we should kind of revisit the whole hall pass situation. Maybe I should just <laughs> go to like I should go to like Vegas for just like a weekend and just have meaningless sex and just kind of like, you know, make up for lost time. I feel like. Yeah. I would totally do that, but knowing my luck, I would get like herpes or something. <laughs> like, I don't get, like, I don't, that's the kind of luck that I have. So there's just like, no, that's not going to work. Well, well, here's, and like Matt and I joke about this all the time. And actually he was on my podcast for episode 14 and he said the same thing. So now like, it's, it's not just me saying it. My, I can tell you exactly how it would go down, Karen. Yeah. I, I would go out. I would get dressed up in like one of the four shirts that I own and I would put on my, you know, $5 makeup that I get at CVS and I would go out and I'd be super excited and super horny and like, holy shit, this is happening. I'm going to do this. I'm just going to like, I'm just going to live out this dream of like promiscuity and just whatever. And one guy is going to be like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm going to get so excited. And then Nina's going to come in like my Nina head and she's going to go, right. Nina, he doesn't appreciate you for your heart and soul. Like this is not a man who's going to respect you and you're going to feel, you're going to feel horrible afterwards. Now you need to go home, have a cup of coffee, masturbate, and just think about what you just did. Like, don't do it. Like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I'll probably call Matt crying going, he wanted to do it, but I couldn't do it because I felt dirty. It's gonna, like, I would have the lamest fucking whole phase, even if my husband encouraged it. Oh no. I mean, I don't know. I think mine would be terrible too, because what would happen to me is I would, that sucks. Well, it does. It's a little frustrating, but I feel like we should be really awesome hoes. Like, I feel like we've earned that. (laughs) (laughs) What is the criteria for earning the the title? Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I really feel like we'd be, we should be good at being hoes. No, I would be all kinds of sweating profusely. Like, so my expensive $28 foundation would just be like oozing off of my face. I have a ring of armpit sweat underneath my shirt and I would have IBS and I would be running to the bathroom to shit my brains up. That's what would happen to me. That's how I like to keep it sexy. So I'm just saying. So basically what we're trying to say is if anyone's listening to this, And you're really thinking about, you know, I would love to have meaningless sex with a married woman like Nina or Karen. Basically, what we're saying is it would be a fucking amazing experience. Yeah. And like, if you choose me, I can assure you um, that we will have meaningful conversation that will entail me obsessing 
over what you think of me as a person and trying to make sure that you value my intellect and philosophical mind. And your boner would probably last four and a half seconds, not because you got off, but because I would ruin it actually. Um, And then I would probably, when it was ruined, I would probably start coaching you and being like, look, it's okay that you don't have an erection. I psychologically stunted your arousal. Okay. So that's what you can look forward to with me, like a really fucking hot night. And Karen, what you're going to, what you're going to get great dance moves, right? You're going to be on the dance floor with her and you're going to be like, this girl is flexible and she can dance. She's going to be a wild Italian in the bedroom, but you're going to get her there and her legs are going to be over her head and she's going to go, Oh my God, I have to shit. I have to go. And that. You'll be lucky if you even get me to the bed before I feel the bowels rumble and have to bail. <laughs> like, there's, like, I'll just get to the door with the key and be like, oh, well, my mom's calling me. I gotta go. <laughs> and in case you were looking, just at, like at the, at the slight chance you were looking to actually get us off, um, we're going to have to explain to you how that's, probably not going to happen and we're going to explain why um in a, in a minute but so basically it would probably be again what we're saying is it would be the best <laughs> sexual experience yeah. you would ever have with a married woman i mean like it's one for the storybooks anyway it would probably <laughs> make the book Honestly, I feel like after if I had a whole, if we had whole phases right now, I would love to see if a guy has like a book, you know. And this is not a gender thing. I know some of my girlfriends from college have books, right, that they wrote in. Um, my book had like me and my vibrator, but but other people had some guys' names. But I feel like for us, it would be like Nina, <laughs> like um, wouldn't shut up. <laughs> Try. Tried talking to me about my fucking childhood trauma (laughs) and (laughs) refused to let me get her off. Great fucking time. (laughs) That would be, that would be my amazing. Yes. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So, so speaking of getting off and how, Mm -hmm. and how specific we are in, in what we require. And I, I feel like we need to, I hate the word normalize, but I feel like we should humanize the intricacies of orgasm. Like I call it an orgasm formula because I feel like we all have one and not just women, right? Anybody that chooses to experience sexual pleasure has specifics that help them get there, right? So like, like what are some of yours? What are things you're like, okay, this would never work. This would never work. This needs to be there. This needs to be there. Yeah. So, um, and I think we might have mentioned this last time. Like, I definitely cannot manually stimulate myself. Like, I just, and I think I explained it in a previous podcast too, but it's like when you ask someone to scratch your back or your arm, and it's a totally different experience than if you try to do it to yourself. You know what I mean? 100% know what you mean. Yep. I just, so I just can't. And it's, it is frustrating because, you know, then my husband's like, if you don't even know what to do, how am I supposed to know what to do? I'm like, I don't know. Are you like born with some kind of like clit radar where, you know, like the code, like like a video game person. And like, you know, it's like AAB up, down, right, left or something like, no, 
which clearly we know is not the case, right? Because, oh, you know, if it, yeah. the, if it was the case, I mean, I'd be like on the reg, right? Like popping off left and right. I mean, every time the kids get stumped on a video game, they just call dad and like, he comes in, like, how do you know how to get this? just beat that level in like a second like what just happened and I, I get like seduced in I'm like oh, oh magic fingers over here um so anyway so what needs to be there um so he for me I have to have some sort of clitoral stimulation like I can't I mean I think most women probably do yes like I always say this like and I know I'm if I get hate that's totally fine every person every person who has a vagina requires clitoral stimulation to have an orgasm. Now, let me just put a caveat here. It doesn't necessarily have to be direct clitoral head stimulation, although I think that's the majority, but sometimes some some people with vaginas are like, eh, that's like too sensitive, I need indirect. Mm. So that could mean maybe like, um, instead of pulling the hood back, like they're, they keep like, they kind of like leave the hood and do maybe like bigger circles with their palm, something that's not so like specific. Right. Or if there are like, oh, I get off from penetration alone, which, you know, my soapbox on that, but right. the legs of the clit surround the opening of the vagina. So there is indirect clitoral stimulation um, during penetration inside the vagina there are not a lot of nerve endings. Can you imagine if there were and we pass babies through there, right? Like that is not how that happens. The confusion comes from the fact that female orgasms for some odd fucking reason have been like commercialized where now we're talking about nipple gasms and like, oh yeah, yep. That's not a thing. You play- There's some research that shows that nerves from the nipple are are somehow connected to the clitor. Uh, what is it called? The um, the like the clitorovulvar urethral complex. It's basically like the entire vulva area. Um, look, I haven't tested it. I I'm not a nipple girl at all. Like I nursed two kids. Like my nipples, like just fuck. My my boobs are not. Are your boobs a sexual thing for you? Like, they can be. They yeah. can be. For me, yes. Uh-huh. For for me, what's hot is just seeing his hands on them. But oh, like yeah. because I'm like a big hand. Remember we talked about the hands, right. right? Um, but like they don't doesn't really do much do for me. Anything. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Uh, but I think the word orgasm is so subjective, apparently. Because with penises, orgasm a lot a lot of the times it's connected to ejaculation, right? So you can, if you have a penis, have an orgasm and and not ejaculate, but huh. yeah, 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 yeah. So you can withhold ejaculation. There's like a squeeze technique and all this fun stuff. But anyway, why would you do that? I I'm not sure. I think a lot of times it might be like a multi orgasmic thing. When I speak about this stuff, I really like I'm talking about the majority of penis havers, right? Like there's right. there's always an exception. Yeah, they're like blanket statement. There's always an exception to everything I say. I'm talking about humans here. Like, of course, there's going to be an exception, right? right. Um, but when it comes to penises, usually it's pretty clear when you've had an orgasm, when you haven't, right? For women or people with vaginas, it is not cut and dry, right? Because we right. do have several things that feel good, right? The the quote unquote G spot area, which is really just like the internal side of the clitoris, but that's a whole other thing. Uh-huh. Um, that feels 
good. Like it feels like that heavy P sensation pressure. Right. Um, that's why I enjoy intercourse, like actual penetration. Right. It's, it's that sensation. Like it's mm-hmm. that pressure P feeling, right? It is not so sexy. <laughs> What's that? So sexy. I got to get that pressure P feeling. <laughs> right. As I told you, if I had a hoe phase, <laughs> I would be so sexy. Oh my God, please penetrate my vaginal opening. I have this pee sensation from the pressure. <laughs> Not to be mistaken with the clitoral orgasm. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I would be the biggest fucking buzzkill ever. But anyway, so I feel like the word orgasm is used to describe really intense pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that word is thrown around so much that when I think of orgasm, I think of what happens when I stimulate my clit and like, there's just big buildup. And then my uterus and my yeah. pelvic floor is like, and like, I like stop breathing. And like, I have very powerful orgasms. Thank God. Cause it takes a fucking long enough time. Jesus. Yeah, you deserve it. Right. I mean, like after seven hours, I deserve a fucking, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not seven. It's like one. Six and a half. <laughs> but like, it's, that's like a bigger problem for me is that, and same with the research data wise, it's like, I don't know what somebody means when they say they have an orgasm. And I've run into this multiple times when a woman's like, oh yeah, I, I, I get off from penetration alone. I'm like, okay, can you please explain to me what that means? Right? Like, what does that mean? There is zero direct clitoral stimulation and they'll be, sometimes they'll be like, oh, no, no. Like I grind on his pelvis. I'm like, okay, so it's not penetration alone. You right. Know? Or they'll, if they say no, there is no, then I'm like, okay, but understand that the clitoris on the inside is actually surrounding the opening. So in the very small percentage and research wise, the, the, the span is like anywhere from four to 20%, which 20% to me sounds astronomically fucking high. Right. right. But I just want to be real clear that when I say the word orgasm, I'm talking about the one that's anatomically like synonymous <laughs> with how a guy comes. It's that same, like, you know, that right. kind of a feeling. Right. That heavy, like, pee pressure feeling to me. When I say orgasm, I'm not talking about that. Like, to me, right. that feels really good. Um, you know, or when people talk about squirting, that's a whole other podcast. But like, to me, just me, it's just my experience. That's it. The squirting piece comes from that G spot, you know, that internal P stimulation feeling. And then what comes out is probably some vaginal fluids, but also diluted urine. I mean, you're kind of banging up against where the bladder is, right? And so- I don't know anything about that squirting business. Uh, That's like, I don't know. And you know, what, you know what bothers me is I feel like for for women, all right, or people with vaginas, there's this hierarchy of orgasms, mm. right? And hierarchy of ways where we get off. Like just the other day, I posted something about, um, or I posted a reel like this, like this comedy reel about when your vibrator batteries die and you have to use your hand, and like you're kind of like, dude, does this even fucking work anymore? Like, but a guy responded, cool guy. Like this is not, this is not to, to shame him. He's been super respectful, fun, funny, but it's telling to me where he was like, you know, 
manual is better anyway. At least that's how my my girlfriend, you know, gets off. And I kindly responded because I know we didn't mean anything by it. You know, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm glad you liked the video. Also, <laughs> there is no better, right? There's just what works for you and what doesn't. There's a lot of women that cannot get off without a vibrator, right? Yeah. And to to flip it, just to show you how ridiculous this sounds, what if I said that the natural way for a guy to get off is from blowjobs? The, the other ways are not natural, are not, are not, you know, like somehow you're cheating or something. Or what if I right. said only from intercourse? I've spoken to plenty of fucking men that are like, I can't either. I can't get off at all from blowjobs. So if you have a penis listening out there, it's actually really okay and human to not get off for blowjobs, especially as you get older. And I've spoken to men that can't get off at all unless they do it to themselves because the stimulation and the pressure and everything that they require, it's just easier for them to do it themselves. And right. it cannot be achieved via a vagina or, or somebody else's hand that doesn't, that can't make the adjustments as needed the way that he can himself. Right. There, yeah. Right. So you don't hear any of us talking about how guys should be getting off. Right. But when we, when women talk about vibrators, the shitty comments come from men. Because mm -hmm. yeah, it's threatening. Yeah. It's very threatening, you know? Yeah. And actually, I have a whole thing in the book. I have a whole chapter about where I bought some toys for the first time and the package came while Danny was home. And I was like, Ugh. and he's like, come on, open it. I'm like, no, just I'll get it later. Like, <laughs> and he's like, well, what, what? What could be in there? I'm like, it's just girl stuff. He's like, girl, like, girl stuff. I, we've been together for years, Karen. Like, what, right. He's like, what, what's in the box, Karen? <laughs> like, oh, what's his name? But well, he, I... So I follow a guy named Cam Frazier on Instagram. And if you're listening and you have a penis, well, even if you have a vagina, it doesn't matter. He's, he's from Australia. He's one of the leading sex coaches for men and people with penises in Australia. And I love his approach and something he's, he's very knowledgeable about the female body, the biological female body as well, which you don't find often, right? You find men that think they know a lot but but cam is really he's very accurate he's very into research like i, I really really respect his work and he says something the other day that literally i'm like how have i not used this analogy my entire career so far like how have i not used this so now i do he said think about it the way that guys masturbate and get off right the ways the guys orgasm when they're by themselves is pretty much identical to the type of stimulation that they get during intercourse, during penetration, what? right? You're stroking the penis with a hand, you're stroking in the penis with your mouth, you're stroking the penis with your vaginal walls, right? It's all the same. How do women or people with vaginas masturbate and orgasm? They stroke their clit for the most part, right? If they use internal stimulation, often it's in conjunction with right. stimulation, right? During penetration, that is not the same kind of stimulation that we orgasm from on our own. Hmm. So you're comparing apples and oranges. Of course, men can orgasm from blowjobs or handjobs or inner, you know, penetration, 
the way they masturbate, it simulates the same kind of stimulation. For, for us, it is not, penetration is not the same stimulation that we use to orgasm on our own. Right. But yet that connection isn't made and our culture still believes that we are supposed to orgasm the way men do. Right. Like we, we, but the thing is we do, right? Their penis and our clitoral tissue is pretty much made of the same stuff. If you're stroking a dick to get off, that's correct. Stroke <laughs> our clit to get off, right? right? Right. No one is in penetrating our vagina is not, it is not stimulating the same erectile tissue that the guy, he, he, the, the erectile tissue in the penis is similar to the erectile tissue in the clitoris. So if you have to stroke your erectile tissue on your penis, you have to stroke our erectile tissue on our clitoris. But pe- but our culture has kind of been like, oh, how does a penis orgasm? By stroking it. And how does it stroke? In the vagina. Great. So penetration. Got it. So girls, whoever has a vagina, penetration. That'll do it. Right. right. Well, here's the thing, too, that's like really crazy is I feel like what works for me one day does not work another day, which is like super frustrating and annoying because like one day we'll have like amazing sex and he's like right on the spot. And I'm like, yay. And then we're like, all right, we got it. We cracked the code. Right? Yeah. We just got to do this next time. And then two days later, we try it again. And we're like, eh. <laughs> it's so, it's so true. It's, it's so frustrating. Do you think, do you think it has to do? So those moments when you are, when things are going great and he's stimulating your clit, whether during penetration or not. Yeah. And you're like, and you, and you end up getting off. Do you think the times that he does the same thing, but you don't get off is because mentally something is different or what do you think? Sometimes I do like, and I don't think I can even explain it, but sometimes there's just such a deep level of connection with your partner that you're just like on another plane together. And then there's other times where I think, yeah, you know, you're probably like tired from work or like, you know, you're a little mad because someone didn't put away the dishes, just saying, um, or whatever. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's so <laughs> weird. Yeah. Um, you know, and you're just like, for whatever reason, yeah, I guess there probably is like a mental. And then there's, of course, I mean, the days where you're just not like feeling it yourself. Like there's days where I will like, and I personally love to dress up. I'm a big fan of lingerie. We've talked about my lingerie. Yeah. So he's kind of like, eh. Like for me, like if I'm all dressed up and I'm feeling good and like I'm ready to go, like that's like almost always like surefire, like this will be great. Yeah. But if I'm not, and I'm just kind of like, maybe I wasn't really planning on it that night. I got like a pair of sweatpants on and like a tank top and I'm like, eh, all right. You know, it's just, it does. It just kind of depends on everything, which is really frustrating. Yeah. Because I'd love, like, I would love. Like, I love watching him get off. That's going to sound so strange, but like. Uh, no, it's super hot. Okay. Right. And like the face yeah. that he makes and he like throws his head to the side for me. The noise like, is super hot. So I'm like, oh my God. And I watch him and I'm like, oh, like, I love it. But I'm also like, must be nice, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. 
Okay, Karen. All right. So we need to talk about this. All right. So a hundred percent, totally human makes a hundred percent sense. And we need to talk about this. So this, it's like such a double-edged sword, right? Because, and and let me, so, okay. Free coaching. Okay. Free coaching here on Real Talk with Nina. And I'm coaching from experience, which in my opinion is more credible than I learned this in a book 20 years ago. Right. So here's, here's, here's some vulnerable real talk shit. And I've mentioned this, this is like, this is like such a huge part of my story, but for the longest time, I never considered my orgasm a part of the equation. Right. I was just like, whatever, I'll be considered desirable if I get him off. So Right. And so not that I didn't enjoy coming, I would just do it myself. I'm like, just don't worry about me. Like I take a while, my head's all over the place. Like, ugh. like I was like annoyed with myself. So I'm like, right. I can't even imagine how annoyed he must be. I'm like, let's, let's be really sexy, Nina, and let's get him off. And then you're an afterthought and that's super sexy. Right. So I lived my whole, all of my life like that. And honestly, yeah. and I, again, I've said this in other podcasts too, my serious boyfriends, to this day, I could there I have nothing bad to say about them. They've all been incredibly respectful, amazing. We had fun sexually. And to this day, I still believe your orgasm is your responsibility. Not in terms of you have to do it yourself. Right. But you have to speak up. Yeah. You have to tell your partner what you need. And you also have to be okay with going, you know what? This isn't working. I'm going to make it work for myself right now. Like it's that your orgasm is your responsibility. It's not something somebody can give you like physically, like mechanically, what it takes for me to get off is not rocket science. Don't like tap it. I saw that once in a movie. It was a porn back in the day when I tried to be cool, cool wife and watch one. Um, And I was like, what is, why are they slapping it? And and like, and spitting on it. And I was like, it's not my thing. And if you want to, I'm not judging you, but it's not my thing. Not your thing. It's not a part of your unique orgasm formula. But here's what I've learned. I was fighting my orgasm formula. Okay. I was saying that's too specific, Nina. Something's wrong with you. You shouldn't require that amount of specific shit to be right to make it happen fix it, fix yourself, like make it easier for yourself to get off from somebody else. You know, it's never going to work for you. So just stop trying to give a shit. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I felt that way for a while. Like I tried to fight what I actually required and then diving into this career, I've learned like, wow, you know, what's really cool is that all of our orgasm formulas are so different that we actually have to tell our partner exactly what we require. Yeah. It's like a map. Right. And so I was, and I tell, I tell my husband this, I said, you're lucky that you know what to do physically, because I don't know if I would be able to tell you because of all the ingrained messages of like, don't speak up, don't speak up. That'd be a whole other hurdle I would have to get over. Well, see, that's what I was going to say. Like, It is hard to speak up because there is also this fear that the partner is going to feel sort of rejected or um, hurt, you know? And so I feel like at the same time, I'm trying to protect him because I don't want to hurt his feelings. Um, but I remember the first time, and, and it's in the book, of course, too, because um, everything's in the book, <laughs> um, that we brought a vibrator into the room. 
And that was like a big deal. How did that go? Excellent. Wonderful. <laughs> um, right? I enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah. And I was really mad at him when he broke it. And so I don't know if it was kind of like maybe that uh, Christmas story where the leg, she breaks like the leg lamp and he was just like, oh, whoops, I broke this thing. <laughs> It was dark. He was trying to put it together and he put the top in the bottom wrong with the battery and it just broke the little connector and then yeah. it was no more. But yeah, that was hard. And then we got used to not using one for a while. And I kept feeling like, kind of would like to go back to that again. Yeah. <laughs> Could we? Uh... And so actually it wasn't that long ago. And then I asked again, hey, could we try this? I really believe that Yes, knowing where the clit is, knowing how to stimulate in a way that doesn't feel like a fucking doorbell or like a DJ booth um, is really important. However, if my mind is not in the space it needs to be in in order to get off, I don't care how amazing you are with my clit, absolutely nothing will yeah. happen. Like. nothing. So you were saying before that you cannot get yourself off with your hand, right? Which is so human. It's not even funny, but the, the fact that you have to have someone else use their hand, right? Where I'm the complete opposite, right? So you want to talk about head game and I don't mean blowjobs. I mean like psych psyche games, right? Um, We can talk about that another time, but my brain is so loud and that it constantly goes to what is he thinking? Is he bored? Is he tired? Does his hand hurt? How long has he been hard for? Um, I'm not sexy right now, am I? Fuck, did I pay the mortgage? That, like, that's what's right. going on in my head. That for me to lay back and expect him to put in the effort and me just to relax and get off. It is it, not like, it's like, that doesn't yeah. happen that, that, and it won't. So that's funny because I actually, I think I lied. So I, I can, um, not, I told you I could not get off from oral. Yeah. So I can't with just the mouth, but if the fingers are engaged, then I can. And so it's not you, every time. Mm-hmm. So if, you, so if you switches on and off, on and off, on and off. Or like at the same time with fingers and mouth. Oh, like if he's internally in you and stimulating your clit? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's the only so, way. I feel like, okay. So you want to talk about things, you know how you're like, oh, sometimes things work one day and then not the next, right? So for me, in order, and I'm being vulnerable and open because one, I've had wine. Two, because... <laughs> Really? I haven't seen you take a single sip and I'm on glass number two. Oh. oh my God. Like, where are you looking? I'm right here. Like right, right here. And he filled this up like three quarters of the way. And this is a big, like, not, I was gonna say a goblin, a goblet. Yes, a it go- is like a goblet. A go- I was calling it a goblin, but yeah, a goblet. But anyway, so talk about how things shift, right? So here's the progression of Nina's orgasms. So forever, it was like me using a vibrator after I would get my partner off. We would be kissing and I would use my vibrator. No problem. And for the longest time, it was a, a, a known thing, like no penetration 
because it's too much going on down there where I don't know if it like maybe pulls the focus away from my clit. I think like my vagina is confused. My vulva right. confused. Like, wait, clit penetration. Wait, what? It, it. I'm like, no. So it right. was never... Um, it was usually like other stuff we had to do, but like, I just didn't, I could never get off during penetration. Even oh, with, see, even with, that's my favorite. That's like the only way. But then, so that was like the MO, right? Like I knew exactly what to do to shut the yeah. part of my brain off. That was too fucking loud. And I do this a lot in coaching. We talk about what are your barriers to completing your orgasm formula right? If it's body image, if it's certain thoughts and we go through and we troubleshoot and we come up with unique ways to shut that part up. Why do I do that with coaching? Because I did it. Like I get it. I get it. I had to say, Nina, what parts of your brain are turning on and not in a good way, turning on that I need to turn off. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing was I was so concerned about my partner, because as a woman, I have been taught that your value as a sexual partner is directly correlated to how you please him, right? Right. So that message was so ingrained, no matter how self-aware I am, no matter, no matter the fact that this is my career, it doesn't matter. I'm so human. human. I'm human raised in the same shitty culture everybody else was, right? So I was like, all right, here are the parts of my brain that are turned on. How do I turn them off? So there were some body image switches that were on that I needed to turn off. So we bought colored lights. Oh, I bought that idea. A colored light bulb. It was like $5 on Amazon and it's the hottest fucking thing ever. Get red, get blue. Those are really fun colors because you actually, when you're with a partner, it's not just about shutting those things off, you know, that need to be shut off, but making sure you don't, you don't mess with his orgasm formula as well, right? So men, typically, men are visual. They need to see. I always say men need to see, women need to think, right? Again, general statement, all right? So let's chill out. But men need to see, women need to think. So if I shut off the lights, I would be okay. But he would he would, that's not cool, right? That's not cool. That's taking away a super important sense, uh, a sexual sense for him. Well, maybe if he had a six pack, I would want to leave the light on more. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> you and your six pack. <laughs> right. I, right. We all have our formulas, right? We all have our formulas. You're a six pack. I get it. I mean, it sucks to be Danny, but I get it. <laughs> he has to have a six pack. Um, I love him very much. So we... I had, so we get colored lights. Red to me is the hottest fucking thing. Blue is great too. Black lights, eh, because black will show weird shit on your teeth, all of the dust on your clothes. So like black light. I lost my virginity in a black light. So how the hell, well, actually I was going to say, how did you do that? But like, you didn't come, I'm sure. So, so it doesn't really matter. I don't think he did either. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Sounds about right. You know, so colored lights that was, so then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, that switch was off. I was like, all right, body image switch off. Got it. Okay. How the hell do I work around worrying about whether or not he's bored or he's this or he's that? And like, it took me some time. Like, how do I get rid of that? I'm like, wait a minute. If I'm doing something to him, something tells me he'll be fine and not bored. Right. Once I figured out my orgasm formula, it's like a no-brainer now, right? I'm, yeah. 
if, and we'll get into this next, if I feel like I want to get off that night. And I know people are like, what do you mean if we'll get there? Okay. But I usually will say like, I really want to get off. And then we know, okay, this is what has to happen. Right. And then once that happens, shit's great, but you have to figure out what switches in your brain are on that you need to turn off. And so when I coach people, this is why I said there's free coaching right now, is that think of the things that are barriers to your orgasm formula, whatever. And sometimes they are so unique to you. Mine were really common, like body image, worrying about him, like common girl shit that we grow up with. But there are people that have a ton of things. Like I've had clients that have back pain, like previous back injury. And in certain positions, there's more back pain, which obviously takes you out of the game. So their specific formula was specific positions, right? So like everybody, everybody, yes, even if you have a penis, you have a formula too, okay? It's not like women are the only ones that require this. We all do. But once you find what switches are on in your brain that you kind of need to turn off, then we brainstorm like probably very much like you, Karen, in your life coaching. What isn't working for you? Right. Right. What would you like to see in place of those things? And how are we going to get there? Totally. It, it's no different, right? Okay. So we both admitted we've never gotten off from oral. Well, then I said I lied. So has that happened a lot? Not a lot, but there's been a few times. Yeah. It just has to be, but again, everything has to be just right, right? I got to be in the mood. The fingers have to be in the right position. Mouth has to be doing the right thing. Like it all has to culminate into this ma- this magical like moment in yeah. faraway land. Yeah, yeah. I have never in my life, and I know you and I were talking about this. So if you are a guy and you're listening to this, please listen to these next several words. Please, please get a six pack. <laughs> well, that's advice for you, right? For Sorry. Me. Listen to the words. When I in the past have ever said, oh no, I've never gotten off uh, from oral sex. Like to me, I'm like, not who gives a shit? Like, no big deal. 9.9 repeating times out of 10, the man's response is, Oh, you just haven't had the right guy. Okay, please listen. Like, please, please listen to me. Please listen to me. Please listen to me. Please. Okay, it is incredibly problematic to say that to someone because it makes them feel like they are broken right? Okay. Number one, no guy will ever give me an orgasm. That's up to me. Right. And like my pleasure will never be dependent on another person. Number one. All right. So you can get off your high horse there Two. My husband happens to be a wonderful kisser, a wonderful tongue lasher. I don't know what you call that. Wonderful lover. (laughs) Wonderful lover. Right. And it means absolutely nothing. Right. If my head is not there. So when it comes to oral sex, if 
someone is going, when I say someone, I mean like my husband, right? But if someone is going down on me, all I can do is pretty much lay there. And when you have a brain like mine, where all the switches are on 24 hours a day, there is nothing, nothing. I don't care if you are a fucking tongue cyclone magician. I don't care if you are literally in the Guinness Book of World Records for creating a natural disaster in the form of a tornado with your tongue. (laughs) Nothing will get me off during oral because of my head. Because of my head. Here's the part of the equation that people ignore, right? Oh, I know where the girl's clit is. Awesome. Do you know where her fucking head is? Because that is going to make or break whether your efforts are going to be met with a fruitful outcome. I have friends actually who are really turned off by it anyway. Like they feel like it's really disgusting and it's not clean and like whatever. Like they just have total aversion to it and they have totally fine sex lives. So I just feel like there's no rules. It's not this way or that way or you're right or I'm wrong. It's totally what works for you. But you realize that all of these judgment calls are about women getting off, right? Mm. Nobody really ever says, dude, you can't get off from a blowjob. You can only get off from this. It's judging how we get off. And and the judgment is based on how a penis gets off. So when someone's like, you can't get off from oral, that's coming from, because Guys can get off from oral. Right. Not all. It is solely based on comparing vaginas, not vulvas, vaginas to penises. That's like comparing an arm to an ear, right? Right. Two different things. You want to compare something, compare a clit to a penis. How does a penis get off? It's stroked, right? Okay, so stroke my clit. It's the same thing. Right. There are many ways to stroke a penis. Oral, hand, anal, vaginal. Not in that order either. <laughs> right, front to back, front to back. But if not all of those methods work for a penis, why would you expect those methods to automatically work for someone who has a vagina? Right. It's the same thing. I, it, you are much more likely to get me off with your hand than anything else. Right. And there are, and there are men that are like, oh yeah, I can only get off from intercourse, like penetration, or I can only get off from a blowjob, or I can only get off from a hand job. How come they aren't judged with that shit? Right. You had said originally your resentment, you know, like fucking A. Yeah, that's cool that you get off 100% of the time during our- like, That's our the thing. Fitness. It's like, I just want to do that too. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it would be so awesome to be able to get there every time. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk stats here for a second, which I hate by the way, but I'm going to throw them out here. Talking about orgasm gap, the orgasm gap really only exists for the most part, in heterosexual relationships, which makes sense, right? Women, and again, I think these numbers are high. I'm going to just put it out there on record. I think these numbers are over are overinflated. Yeah. Women get off about 65% of their sexual encounters, whereas men, it's like 95. Trust me, 
Think about this. If 75% plus of women fake orgasms, and you're telling me that 65% typically have an orgasm during sexual encounter, like I think it's bullshit. I absolutely do not think 65% of the time do women get off. Absolutely fucking not. No. I'm going to say there's no fucking way. I'm saying 40 at best. At best. Best. At best, right? Men, it's like 95%, which I think is pretty accurate, right? Yeah. So here's this orgasm gap that exists. A large portion of it is that the clit is seen as foreplay, if at all, as anything. Right. right? And I always, I always make a joke. I'm like, seeing the clit as foreplay and the vagina as the main event is like seeing your penis as foreplay and your inner thigh as the main event. I love it. Like that's, that's the equivalent of how ridiculous that fucking statement is. Right. So to me, yes, a large part of it is that the clit is literally not seen as the equivalent to a dick. And it is like, we need like a clit campaign. We really do. We really do. But like literally same erectile tissue as the penis, the vagina, it's totally different. It's like a different world. The clit and the penis are like twins. Okay. So Yes, that's that's a large part of the battle. The other piece is is up between your ears. So people don't talk about that. You were saying before, if like if I ride him and he simulates my clit, I'll get off. And then the next yeah. night, same exact fucking thing. Literally. Nothing same happens. thing, same atmosphere, everything's the same, but like, you know, he didn't say like compliment me on the dinner I made or something. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. He comes home and he's like, Oh, you made dinner? This is so good. Like the other day he ate my meatballs. <laughs> and I was like, I just like watching me eat the meatballs. I'm like, they're good, right? He's like, Yeah, so good. Mm. And then I'm just like, ooh, let's do it. <laughs> right? How do we get rid of these kids? <laughs> Kick them out of the dinner table. I always say this too. Like I have these like Nina-isms. I always say, never underestimate and write if you're listening to this write this shit down because this is gonna be worth a million dollars okay never (laughs) never underestimate the power of complimenting the body part you are touching so like for example Mm -hmm. if a guy is going down on you right never underestimate the power of him saying, oh my God, you taste so good or you smell so good. If you are going down on a guy or somebody who has a penis, maybe you will say how good his hard dick feels in your mouth or how, you know, how soft his skin is or how you can feel the ridge against your tongue, those kind of things, right? Okay. So many women have body image struggles, especially because we were raised to hate our vaginas, right? We were we were raised to think they're disgusting yeah. and dirty and they smell bad and they're gross. And to your point earlier, you said you have girlfriends that don't like when guys go down on them because they think it's gross. That is so cultural, it's not even funny. And, and mm-hmm. trust me, your friends are not the only ones. I, you'd be hard pressed to find a guy say, I don't like when girls go down on me, I think it's gross. Right. Why do they not think it's gross? But so many women are like repulsed by like, please don't go down to me. It's gross. What if I smell? What if I culture? Okay. So again, turning off those switches is okay. If you, if you know, your partner has body image issues, then 
word of affirmation that shit during the process. I am 100% words of affirmation. So if we are intimate and he's like, you look this way or you smell this way, talk about shutting all those switches off. Like it's, it's so hot to me. It's so mm-hmm. hot to me. So that's, that's really big. That's really big. And you were saying before, sometimes you have this deep connection in the moment and I'm not even sure what causes it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It could be, it could be that you recently went through a rough patch in your relationship and you're closer than ever before. Mm -hmm. It could be, it could be that you guys had like a super vulnerable sexual conversation the night before, where maybe you shared fantasies and you're like, holy shit, I can't believe we just shared those. Whatever it is, there's just this thing and you feel like the insecurities have washed away the fears have washed away and you are fucking there but with the world we live in and just the way our brains are designed those moments are hard Mm -hmm. they're hard especially if you have kids because it's so easy to be like oh my god what if they wake up it's an instantaneous cock block right there or or clip block you know I think that that's important but you and I were also saying and I earlier I said earlier that I had mentioned like, if I want to get off that night, I will say, hey, I want to get off. And I know, I know that there are men and maybe some women that are like, wait, what do you mean when you want to get off? Don't you always want to get off? And my answer is no, no. Well, no, because for us, how long it takes, right? But if it were like wham, bam, then it would always be yes, right? Because it would be so easy. But sometimes the effort, it's just not worth it. A hundred percent. I agree with you. I agree with you a hundred percent. When I say I don't want to, what I mean is one, I personally can absolutely enjoy a sexual encounter with my husband and think it's super hot and knock it off. However, you're right. I think a lot, not all, but a lot of the reason why I sometimes are like, okay, I'm going to speak up because I actually want to get off tonight. It's because I know what it takes and not that I'm not worth it and not, you know, but, but I have to deal with the reality of the situation is if it's a work, if it's a weeknight and he's got to get up early, it's already 11 o'clock. We have to think about these things. I'm a night owl. I can stay up until one o'clock getting off. He cannot. So there have absolutely been times where either I say, I really feel like getting off tonight. And then we know we've communicated. We know, we know my formula and we make that happen. But a lot of times, and I'm not putting this on him, to be honest with you, it's me. I'm just like, ugh, I don't feel like doing the work actually to get in the headspace I need to get into. But I feel like for me, I know almost every time going into it, if I'm going to want to get off or not. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that way? Yeah. 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 yeah, For sure. Because like, I know how my day was. I know how I feel about my body in that moment. I know what the time is. It's so fucking calculated in my head, but it is something that, that needs to be communicated because there are times where he's automatically like, I, I want, I want you to get off. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm not there. Like, no, as soon as that pressure for me comes in, like, you know, I want this to happen for you. I want this to happen. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I better make it happen. I better make it happen. How am I going to make it happen? Like, and then you're done. All the switches are on. It can't, it can't happen. Yep, totally. And I think it's awesome that they want to. Kudos to our husband. But I also want to kind of humanize for people with vaginas that it's okay if you're like, eh. 
I could enjoy this and not, and not get off. And I think a lot of that comes from, again, our culture is super orgasm driven. I think a lot of relationships kind of, especially heterosexual, kind of put so much pressure on that because right when the guy comes, it's over. Like that, that it's like when the guy comes, it's over. Like that's the goal. Once the guy comes, sex is over. Always. Um, And I want to talk about that for a second because yes, there are guys out there that once they come, they're still, they're still ready to go and still horny and, and still in it. There are also guys that come and they're not into it at all. And they'll still do whatever you need to do to, to create an environment for you to get off. And there are men that come and they're snoring within 40 seconds. And there is absolutely a biological response to that. And I don't want to shame men for that at all. Women's bodies like don't necessarily respond the same way. I could get off and then like, be still horny and want to get off again and again and again and again, right? We're and just they go run a marathon and, then, and like yeah. do some dishes and laundry yeah. and whatever. Yeah, like honestly, for me personally, just my experience, I could get off and very often it doesn't do much to my libido as far as making it go away. Like there's, it just, it felt awesome. I loved getting off. Let's do it again. Yeah, like, great. Yeah, like it's it's totally okay. Again, for any gender, even if you have a penis, it's okay. And I actually would encourage you to be okay having a sexual experience and not caring whether or not you get off. Like we're in such a fucking rush to get off that we miss, first of all, we miss the most important part for people with vaginas, which is the foreplay, number one. So rushing because you have kids, you have to go to bed, essentially kills it for your partner that has a vagina, which is really not fair at all. So if we're so orgasm focused that we rush to get off, you're skipping the part that literally is the main event for your 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 partner who has a vagina. Are there times where I speak up and I follow my orgasm formula and I cannot get off? Absolutely. And I think that with porn, you never see the reality of it. There are so many times where even if even the guy is like, you know what, we've been fucking for like an hour and either you're too wet and I don't feel anything anymore, or now I'm in my head because I'm taking too long and I feel like I'm hurting you and I just can't get off. That is reality. Mm-hmm. That's reality. Reality is going, you know what, this isn't going to work, right? I'm just going to, I'm just going to jerk off. All right, cool. Same thing when a woman's like, you know, what? it's not going to, it's not going to happen this way. Let me just take ownership and just make it happen. That's why I say you are responsible for your orgasm, not your partner. Your partner is responsible for helping to create the environment that is conducive to your orgasm formula. Your partner is not responsible for giving you an orgasm. That means that anytime they want to give you an orgasm, they just do it and they just give it to you. Like here, here's, here's your orgasm. I'm going to, I'm going to rub your clit and you're going to have an orgasm because that's how this works, right? I wish. Yeah, right. They would be wonderful, but we know that's not how it works. So shift your mindset to saying you are responsible for your orgasm in terms of speaking up, creating the environment, right? Your partner is responsible for helping to create the environment that is conducive to carrying out your orgasm formula. That is a responsibility of a loving, attentive partner. And I think guys especially attach their ego 
to the the woman's orgasm, but in the same breath, they don't understand the nuances to make that happen. So it's like they're setting themselves up for failure every time. And, and the loving female partner doesn't want to hurt their ego. So they either fake it or just go, never mind, I'm fine. Like, it's okay. We don't have to work out. It's like everybody loses. So if you shift it to going, my orgasm, my responsibility. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to figure out what I need. And I'm going to, and I'm going to create an environment and tell my partner what they can do to help me create this environment in order to get off. But I think we are raised on porn, which just shows you two people, you know, or more, depending on what you watch, getting together and everybody gets off in like four seconds from jackhammering. That's what happens. And so, although you and I know that's ridiculous, right? It is so prevalent in our society, in grown ass adult, educated human beings that still look at porn like, what am I doing wrong? Right. What am I doing wrong? You know? And it's painful. It's painful to hear. For all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely is. And so how do you, when you get in those moments of resentment, like, wow, look at that five nights in a row, you got off and I haven't gotten off in three weeks. How do you deal with that? Or do you, do you speak up? Do you say, Hey, like, I realized I haven't gotten off in a while. And like, this needs to happen. Or like, how do you handle it? Do you handle it? Yeah, honestly, no, I think I don't really handle it. It's rare that I speak up and say something, to be honest. And I don't know why. I don't know if it is the culture thing where I just think like, well, this is just how it is. This is how it's always been. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not for lack of trying. I mean, he Mm -hmm. tries, right? And and then I almost feel worse. I'm like, oh, he's trying so hard tonight. He really wants this to happen. (laughs) Little does he know I've hashed out the grocery list over the last 10 minutes in my head. You know, and it is culture, Karen. I'm telling you, like, I don't, you don't have to wonder. Women are taught that their role in a sexual relationship is to please their partner. And the proof is that the orgasm gap is really in heterosexual relationships. So what's important is that you figure out your orgasm formula learn how to shut off the switches that are on. So you were saying, I don't know if I've ever even spoken up actually, right? Right. And I get it. I get it. Trust me, I get it. But here's what I've found. Most likely, Danny loves when you get off. Oh, 100%. And I said that semi-rhetorically because, duh, like he loves you and you're gorgeous and seeing you get off is probably like the highlight of his night, right? So I think because we are taught that our role is to get them off, we just assume that they agree with that message, that they agree that our role is to get them off. That's that's our assumption. But when you're in a loving relationship with a mature fucking man, right? They actually really love to know that you've gotten off. That's right. So by you not speaking up, you're actually taking away something from him right you just said it's so hot when he gets off the way he turns his head to the side the noises that he makes right what if he took that away from you what if he said to you I'm really uncomfortable getting off in front of you so we can have sex right now but then I need to go in the bathroom and and do it on my own because I'm too worried about you know hurting your ego if this takes too long so I'm going to do it someplace else right oh yeah 
he's lit- he would literally be taking away a huge part of that sexual experience for you, mm-hmm. right? The nights where you're like, I really want to get off and it's like not happening or, or he gets off first because he didn't know you wanted to get off or whatever the reason is. I really encourage you, Karen, and anyone who's listening to be like, that was super hot. I actually want to get off now. Like, I think it'd be super hot if like, could you just like be with me or could you, could we kiss or whatever you need or whatever it is. I don't care if you're like, you know, it'd be really hot if you could like do a handstand while I get off. Like, I, I don't care, like whatever it is. But again, I'm saying this because I've done it. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. I get that feeling of like, you know what? I never spoke up and I'm the asshole. And now I'm laying here with a, a mindset of, I actually wanted to get off tonight and I didn't fucking say anything. Yeah. You know? And, and it could end up being a conversation where you're like, you know what, from now on, let's assume that I want to get off hundred percent of the time and let's focus on that. And I will tell you when it's not going to happen. Or, or if you see me shift where I'm starting to focus on you, that'll be our cue. Like it's not going to happen for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. For the longest time, I thought I was doing him a favor by not burdening him right. with my orgasm. When, if you ask most adult men, and I use those words very strongly, mm-hmm. if they enjoy seeing their female partner get off, My assumption is that 10 out of 10 would say, oh my God, I fucking love it. Right. Yeah. So, so my advice to you is anyone who's listening is don't take that away from them. Right. No, I agree. Very often. I think, especially women we're like, eh, it's not a big deal. Like, but you know what? It is a big deal. And, and, and the right men, especially ones that you're married to and that love you, they really want to see it happen. And I think, I think in the end, Karen, I'm not sure they give a shit how it happens. Mm -hmm. No, I think you're right. I think they just love the visuals, you know? So Karen, I feel like as usual, we could probably talk for the next 17 (laughs) hours, but so we covered the oral sex thing. We covered how our master, our, our ability to orgasm, like our orgasm formula is so different. And I think it's so important to talk about that because between mainstream media and porn, the assumption is we all get off the same way. We all should get off the same way. I can't tell you how different every woman I know is about the way they get off. Yeah. Um, it's more about building confidence to actually learn what that formula is and be able to communicate it to your partner. Those are like really big. So we talked about that. We talked about the resentment and when it sneaks in and how it's very, it can be very difficult, especially for women to speak up and say, Hey, I kind of wanted to get off and that didn't happen. And I'm like, that's not okay with me. And which is why I go back to saying your orgasm is your responsibility. Your partner's not a mind reader. So when you don't say anything in their head, they're like, cool. I guess she's okay, right? It's our responsibility to say, hey, I, I wasn't okay last night and I'm going to take responsibility for that. I should have spoken up. Going forward, this is how I think we should approach it. Let's just assume I want to get off every time and I'll let you know if if it if that changes. You know, that might be 
the verbatim conversation that you have is like, Hey, you know what? Since I'm still learning how to unlearn shit and be able to speak up, let's just assume that I want to get off first every single time. And I'll let you know one way or the other. I'll make it really clear that like, I'm good. You know what I mean? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. You know, I do what I can. And, you know, I think also it's important again, that people understand that just because people don't talk about this doesn't mean it's not happening. Right. Right. Which is why I think it's so, this is why Karen, you wrote your memoir. You, you've stated multiple times. The reason why I wrote my book is because I don't want any woman to feel like they're alone. Yeah. And the only way people aren't going to feel alone is if people talk. And, exactly. And that's literally where the entire foundation of Real Talk Nina came up is because I spent my whole life with thoughts in my head from OCD, thinking that I was so fucked up and nobody would ever think these things. And look, it's possible that there are people that have never thought the things I've thought, and that's okay. It's probably better off that way. But when I was able to translate that feeling into real life conversations that I personally believe people should be having and want to have, but they're terrified to, uh, it's I feel like, okay, it's my responsibility to go first, then I'll, I'll take one for the team. And by you writing a personal memoir about your super vulnerable experiences throughout your life, that is an example of you going first, you having the conversations that people so desperately want to have, but they're terrified to start. I feel like the people in this world that are going first, you know, talking about their mental health, talking about relationships, talking about sexuality, talking about addiction, all of these taboo topics, our underlying goal is the same. And it's at some point in our lives, for however long, we've felt alone, or we felt like we were the only ones thinking or feeling something. And we don't want anyone else to feel that kind of pain before you came on, I said, you're like one of my absolute favorite guests because you are so vulnerable and open. And I feel like your mission is so aligned with mine that when we have conversations, it's cathartic. I, for me, it for sure is. Totally. 100%. And so I just, I love having you on Karen and I love, I cannot wait until your book comes out. Is, is it still fall 2021? Is that like still happening? I don't know. We might try to push it like August time frame, but we'll see. It just depends on how quickly everything goes. Oh, like sooner, sooner than Maybe. you. Talk. Okay. All right. Now, are you doing the self-publishing or a publisher? Mm-hmm. Self-publishing. self-publishing. Yep. Yep. On Amazon, is that how it's going to happen? Um, actually, it's going to go through a company called Ingram Spark. So it will be available on Amazon, but it will also be available through other distributors as well. Okay. All right. Awesome. Okay. So, Karen, if people want to find you, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, go to karenfreeland.com. You can check out the life coaching tab if you're interested in that. You can actually download a snippet from the memoir if you go to the memoir tab. Um, yeah, and so check it out, karenfreeland.com. And you can follow me, obviously, on Instagram. It's Karen with an I. So at Karen Freeland on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I have a page for my life coaching, Karen Freeland Life Coaching, that they can check out. 
Awesome. Awesome. And for anyone that is new to the podcast and new to me, you can find out more about me at realtalkwithnina.com. On Instagram, it's just Nina Real Talk. Facebook is Real Talk with Nina. Uh, it's, all, it's all the same, but realtalkwithnina.com will give you all the links you need for that. So Karen, as always, I loved having you on and I just could just talk to you forever. So thank you so, 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 so much. And we will talk very soon. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Love you. Love you.